Now this is podcasting. <laughs> this is podcasting. God damn it. Hello and welcome to Polyhedron, your multifaceted podcast for everything RPG related. I am your host, Matthew, and I only have one friend and one little black box, my good buddy, Scott. How you doing, Scott? How's it going? Going all right. And, how's it uh, going, dude? How's it going, dude? Uh, yeah, Ryan is, uh, he got his ass kicked by the vaccine, which is mm-hmm. good. It's a good thing. But also. He's not here. He's, he's not, not here. here. He's not here. But we're uh, all inching closer to to being and being uh open and available to not getting their shit kicked in yeah by the uh, stupid fucking virus yeah it's called uh an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure it sucks for about 24 to 48 hours but then you're pretty much good you're gonna be good to go yep 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 yep, yep super yep, excited yep. i've got lots of hobbies and stuff that i want to do lots of stuff i know me and scott and ryan are obviously gonna, oh. gonna hang out do stuff Yep, that is in the planning. We're going to hang the fuck out because God fuck this goddamn virus. Yep, yep, yep. All right, but we're not talking about the virus today. Nope, the virus. The virus. Uh, we're talking about gaming. So, Scott, how's your gaming been? Uh, Pretty light, actually. Uh, not much has been going on just because scheduling and when and other weirdness. Just it's not not a lot happening, actually. I've got uh, you know Star Wars wrapped up. Uh, your Scion game and the Curse of Strahd game are the only active two games that I'm in right now, and yep. I'm not really running anything right now. No, you're not. You're you're very much in the waiting stages of all. I'm in the waiting things. stages of a couple things. That's that's correct. So, I mean, I'm happy that you know my my productions are out. Like uh, I think uh, next Thursday is going to be the finale of Dungeons and Dragons, back uh, acting Dungeons mm-hmm, and Dragons, mm-hmm. and. Uh, Blood Covenant has a couple, you know, about, I think we're on episode five this week. Yep. Uh, so it's got another six episodes left to go. It's another six weeks. Um, and like, I just, I, just <laughs> I had a weekend. I was like, you know what I can do? I could just literally get all of this ready to go and just put it in the pipe so I don't have to do anything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like I, like all I have to do is remember to make like some tweets and some posts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, that's about it. So I'm, I'm. That's on easy street. I just have to let that roll itself out. Um, but yeah, um, Atomic Youth is coming together, which I'm looking very much looking forward to. We're getting, yes. we're getting pieces together for some of the visual presentation, as well as doing some kitten herding on on some of the the players. Uh, yep. Which, you know, we love our kittens. Um, they're very cute. They're very, they're cute. very cute. We love them. Uh, but uh, once that gets into a state where it's ready to go, we'll certainly have big announcements regarding oh, that. Oh, yeah, absolutely, 100%. Yeah, so uh, but so take this time, enjoy yourself, relax. Yeah. Um, you're not running anything. That, that That's a stressor. That's a fun stressor, but it's a stressor nonetheless. Yeah, it, it's, it is. Yeah, that is exactly right. It's fun, but it's stressful, And uh, yeah, but I, I do like doing it. Yes. Um, as for my gaming... Uh, uh, in as a last reporter day, uh, we had TPK'd in the Ravnica game. We did not TPK. Our our bard came in and saved the day and sort of set everything up for the next adventure. So we're all level two now, and we just fought a whole bunch of pseudo kaiju big monster things. Big monster, big monsters indeed. As we're trying to figure out what the hell is going on, so it must not have been that 
big if you're level two. Yeah. They they were very large for us. Like they were uh, very okay. like we fought a Sharkto octopus crab, ah. and we fought like two like weird Ravnica elementals, like Magic Gathering elementals mm -hmm. type things. Uh, I forget what they're called. They were like Nexuses or weirds or something. They're not, they weren't super high level. They were just physically large. Sure. Um, when else we fight? That was about it. And then we're starting to look into like why all these things and creatures were just showing up. So mm -hmm. that's where our adventures is going. Um, other gaming, not much. Mad Mage is still going. If Ryan was here, we'd talk about it. Uh, we got some plot stuff last time, so we have we have a reason to go back into Mad Mage, which I uh. think is one of the things about Mad Mage and any of the adventures in that Dungeons and Dragons publishes like the reason you go do the thing is very important. Mm -hmm. Mad Mage is a very scattershot adventure and you really need to grill down on like, why are your PCs going down to this horrible place? There needs to be a motivation. I mean, money. Dude, we have so much money. We are, I think I'm sitting on 30,000 gold right now, not Jesus. doing anything. That is uh that that is embarrassment of riches right there. Yeah, we we just recently hit a level where we got a lot of loot, like a serious amount of mm -hmm. money, and we're like, let's just spend it all, but we don't know what to do with it. We like literally are trying to figure out what to do with it. Well, you know, get your your cocaine fuck palace. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, working on that. Working on that. Unfortunately, a whole bunch of denizens and creatures underneath us in Undermountain live in my cocaine fuck palace. So, oh, well, you got to uh, kick them out. I'm yeah. working on that. I'm worried. But nobody, my party seems to be against genocide, and I don't know why. See, what you got here is a bunch of kobolds. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yep. Yep. Other than that, um, kind of gaming neutral. I'm doing painting my minis, uh, waiting for my, get my shot so I can go play with other people. I've got a lot of like, of those things, types of things planned. Mm -hmm. Once I have the shots and everyone's good, we can go out and do things. But it's that last stretch, man. It's that last oh, push. It? Uh, worst. I, I was in Titan, our our friendly friendly gaming store, uh, and I saw the Warhammer Curse City. Yeah. Game that looks that actually sounds kind of interesting. It is actually been following that. Um, it's it's kind of like it's a it's a it's a closest thing to a cross between their board game and their like skirmish game. Mm -hmm. You play adventurers. Basically, you arrive this cursed city, and it's controlled by a vampire, and you have to kill the vampire, and you have to go through these legacy missions mm -hmm. to get it to get the vampire and to make sure he stays dead. Yeah, that that looks interesting. I, I might I might be pulled into something along those lines. Uh, dude, I'm I'm uh, our neighbor, uh, our friendly neighborhood uh, comic books owner, uh, Mike for Titans, is putting together his uh, his Curse City package, the demo yep. for the store. So I may be interested to go do that. Yep, I'm I might as well. We'll talk about those types of games a little later. In a little bit, but we're for right now. We're going to some more news. Oh no, Warmbo. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so big news, big news. Dune is out. It Dune. is. I, I need to I need to check it out. Yes, you can get all three of the main books, which is basically the the art the main book, basically a story guide, and I think it's another type of I don't know what the third book is all about, but an adventure. Huh. I don't know. Um yep. Looking, looking now. You can get the uh, Dune. It's called Ventures in the Imperium, which is mm -hmm. the full title by Modiphius. I'm eager to look into it. Uh, so because everyone, this was I think supposed to come out last year. 
Was it pushback? I can't remember. I don't remember. I don't remember. Regardless, it's out now. But more news from Modifius, and this came out of like left field. I wasn't. I didn't see it beforehand. Uh, hey guys, do you like Fallout? Oh yeah, no, I knew about that. That's uh, that's a thing that's uh, been out in the works. I I totally must have just skimmed over it. Uh, but you can get it. It's out now too. You can get it. Um, it's uh, again by Modifius, similar two D twenty system. So they're just cranking out all the licensees. Like the I mean, big hey, good licenses. for them. I mean, yeah. what, what whatever happened with with uh, White Wolf Paradox happened. Yep. So you know they're they're getting something out into the world, which is good. Yeah, it's good. So if you want to do Fallout stuff, uh, they've already done like a Ian World did an article where they had a preview copy. Uh, they were like, yeah, it's it's still the two D twenty system, but there's some interesting avenues. Obviously, all you got the perk system, so you can do as your character levels up, you're gonna get perks. You're gonna have a good time. Um, other news, uh, in tangentially related, um, if you're familiar with the board game Twilight Imperium, which a lot of people are, it's a very big board game, uh, uh, the Fantasy Flight games, which I forgot they weren't really, I thought they were done with role-playing games, uh, they're releasing the Twilight Imperium RPG under the Genesis Slack. So if you like Twilight Imperium, there will be a role-playing game out there for you. I dig it. Yeah, I dig it. It's cool. Um, oh, this is interesting. I may pick up a pack or two. So coming later this year, uh, there's something that Magic the Gathering releases every year called their core set, which is kind of like their big, not expansion, but like a big like set of cards that you can kind of start the game with. Uh, this year, they are doing uh, Ventures in the Forgotten Realms. Ooh, interesting. Yeah, so we had heard about this a little while ago, but they had freshly released sort of the details on it, that the core set for 2021 is Avengers and the Forgotten Realms, which means, and because of it, because it's the core set, you don't need any other magic cards to play. Ah. So you can just play with the Forgotten Realms cards to play essentially Magic Gathering, but D&D. Yeah, I, I never got into magic. It was never my thing. Um. I, I just don't like the I don't like games where you have to keep buying shit. <laughs> I, I can understand that. Um, unfortunately, it was loot. It was loot crates before we understood what loot crates were uh, yeah. and what they do to people. I mean, it, it's it's a little bit better than loot crates because you're getting a tangible thing. Yes, that's true. That, you that's know, fair. is real and it's not. And and you you're you're you are kind of gambling a little bit, but you are getting things that you can use or trade or do you know yeah. it's not like these intangible nothings that can literally be you know you know a few bytes of information that's literally worth nothing yeah yeah i can i can understand that like oh this is all cosmetic things it actually physically doesn't do anything mm -hmm. doesn't help just, you in the game at all at least the magic cards ostensibly help you in the game yeah you know you can you, yeah you get a bunch of lands but that just means you can put those lands in separate decks and you don't have to you know yeah. reshuffle yeah. things and and the artwork is its own thing mm -hmm. uh i got into magic for a while back i'm kicking myself that i didn't save most of those cards mm -hmm. uh but regardless i had fun when i played it but i didn't know much about it I'd, I'd obviously do a lot better nowadays than it was when i was younger so i may pick up a couple starter packs of that like put put something together play around with it Though the magic of today is very different than the magic that... Oh, yeah, I'm sure it's it's evolved and, and shifted around. 
yeah it's a whole whole thing um other than that the news that's pretty much it uh to do, do, do oh one last thing i just wanted to point it out it's already over and i deeply apologize for not saying this earlier there was a very interesting role-playing game that was on kickstarter called coyote and crow um it's pretty much by an all indigenous people's writing team and it's it's basically an alternate history uh americas that was uh, essentially not colonized mm-hmm. and it's a it's a mystical science fiction uh, fantasy story um i'll link it link in the show notes you can still go do a late pledge if you're interested but they've done very well from themselves uh i just and well, i'm eager to see what it uh how it turns out yeah, I I backed at the PDF level because oh, it did, did look interesting. So oh, I'm I'm interested to see what how that shakes out and how they they do do that because that's an interesting concept. Yes, yes, uh, it's very interesting because supposedly I read over it that uh, it was instead of the colonial times there was some ecological disaster unknown mm-hmm. to everyone that kind of put everyone in an ice age for seven hundred years, mm-hmm. and that caused sort of a stalemate in the world and now everything's starting to thaw out and you're starting to expand on technology and the environment and see what happened yep yeah all right moving right along to the main topic this will be very interesting because it'll be a lot of back and forth between me and scott obviously Mm -hmm. so scott why don't you present the topic well, so this is one of those topics where the lines get a little blurred in terms of what's a role-playing game and whatnot. Um, but the idea that we're going over are board games that have RPG elements, specifically legacy games. Yep. Uh, because you know they're not they're not um, they're not role-playing games. You know, they, you don't really have the sort of the breadth of action. But there is a story to them. There's a continuity to to, to them mm-hmm. that's very. It, it can be kind of like playing a role playing game. Uh, my most recent experience with this is a game called King's Dilemma, which I played. Uh, you know, I, I I was a little dangerous, and I went over to a friend's house. How dare uh, you? A couple a couple weeks to play it, uh, and it is very rules light. But it is definitely a story game. Like we mm-hmm. we 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 were inhabiting roles and making decisions based off of not pure mechanics, but character and like narrative reasons. You were uh, the persona. You personified we, this thing. Yeah, I mean, we we weren't individual people, but we were we were the heads of houses mm-hmm. that. Uh, you know, the the individual head of the house changed every generation. It's a generational game where you play multiple generations of these royal houses, and each generation there's a new king, and you are the we are the counselors of the king. And it's all based on like, okay, there are, you know, the basic mechanic of it is, you know, you draw a card, and that card is, hey, there's a problem. Mm-hmm. The, the king has to make a decision. And we as the counselors weigh the pros and cons and vote on which way it's going to go. And the shit that happened in this game, I'm not going to say anything specific because it is like sort of a spoilers territory. Right. But you are in for a ride. It it starts off very cliche, you know, <laughs> low fantasy, you know, medieval fantasy world. But the weird shit just like, 
like we we had to like stop every another like we're doing what now? <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> we oh okay, we can squeeze peasants and turn their blood into gold. Okay, all right. Um, this reminds me of for a little while. I remember seeing some actual players. This is a mm -hmm. digital version where you played a monarch or something in a fantasy kingdom, and you. Mm -hmm people would come to your court and you make decisions. You even go agree and give them what they want or think, you deny yeah, I, them. I think I have that game. Yeah. There it was, uh, there's a couple of them that I remember yeah. that come out about a year or two ago. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I've got that one that you're talking about in steam, which is very interesting. And I, I have played enough of it to lose one, yes. lose one game Yeah, because I didn't have enough food by the time the enemy attacked. Yeah, there's uh, there's a couple of them there, and they all have this sort of legacy mechanic because there's there for yours obviously there's a lot more of a storyline yeah. or at least a narrative. Some mm -hmm. of these are very random, but the whole point is depending on what you decide sends you down a specific track yeah. of decision making, and um, the uh, the board changes, and that's true for a lot of for all for most legacy games. The decisions that you make change the physical board that you're playing yeah. and change yeah, yeah. the rules by which you play the game. Uh, so it, it is very much a hybrid of, you know, old, you know, you know, more common board games and a role-playing game. And I have a fucking blast playing these kinds of games. Yes. I love them. They, they are, are very cool. I have my experience with them is I have played Pandemic Legacy for a few sessions. Mm -hmm. I've I have not sat down with one legacy game and just done Play the whole it. legacy thing. Mm -hmm. But there are a lot of them out. They became very popular because the idea of the experience that you are having at the table is unique almost entirely to this group. Because mm -hmm. sure, people can make similar decisions, but the chance but if there's if it's designed well enough. The, the 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 permutation of these decisions is very large to where if you go to someone else and say, oh, we played this legacy game, mm -hmm. you talk about it, you're like, oh, we didn't do that. We did this. That instead. never happened. Yeah. In King's, in King's Dilemma, there were a lot of things where we were like, if we had done something different, where would we be? Correct. Like, what, what, what would be the state of the things? Um, like I said, like I'm not going to say, like I said, I'm not saying a lot about King's Dilemma because it is a game that can be spoiled. Because uh, the way it ends, you don't want to know certain things before you get into the end game, and it, it makes the experience better if you don't. Yeah. Um. And going back to what we were talking about in the news, the Curse City mm -hmm. um, and stuff, Curse City is like that. There is a packet in the end that says do not open this until mm -hmm. you have decapitated basically killed the main vampire then it will tell you something else that it will tell you the ending of the story essentially right. based on what's happened and based on and... what's happened and the board can change in curse like in curse city because you're like oh i got this much resources or i need to go heal or we save this many peasants and because they have to in curse city you have to regulate the fear of the peasantry and if they get too fearful the entire you lose the entire game and a lot of these games are sort of set experiences like mm -hmm. you only get so many games out of them yeah. um you can get a lot of games though like you can get a lot of, like like i think the king's dilemma we paid about 15 games mm -hmm. uh and 
It was good. I mean, I I I, I can't imagine like in and specifically with King's Dilemma. Once you play the game, you played the game. Yeah. Uh, there's they don't sell anything like reset packs because that, that's another thing that is you can buy things like reset packs, which essentially allow you to undo all the changes that you've made. Right. And start from the beginning without buying the entire game over again. Yeah. With King's Dilemma, you the the reset the reset pack is uh, sixty dollars, and you just basically buy you buy another copy of the game. Um, the uh, is I think people may be familiar with a couple of the, the big one that's very popular that I've I've been wanting to play is called Gloomhaven. Oh yeah, it's I've heard about very that big, a very intricate legacy game. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you we played it over one over your house. That was the Clank. Yeah, Clank Acquisitions Incorporated. We started playing that. We got two games in, and then was pandemic, uh, and then the pandemic happened. Yeah, it, we were like, it, it, oh. it is sitting right over there. <laughs> And when we're all immune, I'm getting I'm getting people over here, yeah. and we're going to pick that back up. Because we had started altering the cards. Because I remember our friend John was playing. He had mm-hmm. rolled, and he was like, "Yeah, take these cards out of the deck, toss them, mm-hmm. put these new cards in." Because yeah. what you did has fundamentally altered the game. Well, there's also a fun a fun thing that happened during one of the one of the, the last sessions that we played was like when you notice something is when something kicks off. Oh yeah, that's right. If you notice this card, if you read this part of a card, you must immediately tell the board that you've read it and mm-hmm. immediately do this other thing that has happened. Yeah, it's not obvious. It doesn't come apart as like a part of any specific thing. It's literally like you draw a card and you might not notice that there's a different thing on the card, but as soon as you notice it, you got to do it. Um, yeah. That's fun. The thing, the fun thing about Clank, the Acquisitions Incorporated, is that the, the secret book uh, is written by Jerry Holkins. So it's very <laughs> Penny Ar- It's very Acquisitions Incorporated. It's very Penny Arcade. And uh, I, I've shared a, I shared a short little Twitter interchange with him about, you know, our experience is that every time we have to pull that book out, we are gripped by equal measures of dread and, and joy. Yeah. <laughs> because like- we get... We get to read something funny and entertaining, but it's it's not good for us. No, no, like, we're going to have to do It's it. not going to be good. Uh, so Hold that's on. another thing about legacy games in, in, in sort of a very much on more of an RPG focus is they're essentially, depending on the game, they're GMless. Mm-hmm. They're a role-playing, quote-unquote, role-playing game with no GM. Everyone can play. No one's forced to come up with what's going on. Mm-hmm. You just sort of do the algorithm of the board based on what happens. Yeah, the GM is generally a a book of secrets that you're not supposed to um, you're not supposed to look at until it's it directs you to where to read. Right. Um, another really good one that we sort of we've played the non-legacy version, which is Betrayal on oh, yeah. the House on the Hill. Yeah. Uh, but they had a they've developed a legacy version of it where you play the generations of this mm-hmm. haunted house I, and I everything. Played a, I played a round of that with uh, with John and, and folks. Yeah, that's fun. Like yep. that's a fun one. Yeah, the legacy concept is very interesting because again, it's the unique experience and that you have to either make direct decisions, as in King's mm-hmm. Dilemma, yay or nay, or you going okay. I want this for my character or I made this role and the mm-hmm. role was either good, bad or whatever, but that role defined everything else that's happened. Or you see something that looks interesting on the board 
and and you want to find out what's behind that little part of the board that hasn't been revealed yet. Yeah. And so you decide, okay, I'm going for that this game. Yeah, and, the, the big show, the big sort of start that I remember from Legacy was Pandemic. Yeah, Pandemic Legacy, uh, was, and that's an interesting one because they do that there. I think I know of two. Like there are two seasons of Pandemic Le- yes. Legacy, where um, you know the first season is very much like a normal game of Pandemic. Yep. Uh, and then season two is the pandemic has hit the world, and you're in basically a post-apocalyptic scenario, that's, and you're trying to rebuild. Uh, that's the legacy game I played a little bit of, and that's interesting because you do play individual characters, mm-hmm. and your characters do change and are, get abilities or take on certain effects, but your decisions are then affect the whole world mm-hmm. because you can go to certain ports, have some affected... Uh, but some places have less affected, but you need these things and this place. And then you have to go out and explore. And when you hit certain thresholds, you will explore and add more to the board, as in you will literally take a sticker, take off the book, uh, mm-hmm. out of like the special book or the or the box, put it on there, and then now you can start doing things mm-hmm. in this region. Like you have cleared London or London is fucked. Yeah, or yeah, like you can have like a big X in a part. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, we can never go here again. That's like the doomsday clock has can, has gone another tick towards midnight. We can never go back to Arizona. We can never go back to Arizona. I Great. actually, I think I have Pandemic Legacy Season 2, and I think I played one game of it. Yeah, it's... Um, they're so if you're thinking oh legacy sounds great it's like yeah okay but i'm going to warn you you're going to have the same scheduling problems you'd have with every role-playing game ever mm-hmm. which is getting everyone to do be at the same place at the same time yeah our, our friend jeremy arranged the uh, king's dilemma thing so he's a he's a very organized person so he <laughs> that happened yes 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 um, yes Another one that I have, and I am eagerly waiting for uh, the Backstreet Boys reunion tour to end, yes. uh, is Vampire Legacy, a uh, Vampire Heritage. Uh, yeah, yes. we need a, we need a good a good table for that, like a yeah. That's table that's that. only four people, mm-hmm. so that I'm soon in a couple of weeks. I'm going to start asking around for people to play, start playing that, um, um, because that's fun. That's twenty one. That's a set number of games. That's twenty one games. Uh, and like each game is like twenty to forty minutes, so that's is a it thing a f- where focus on like one like one city. No, type of thing? you it you you are you start playing you start in the dark ages, mm. and you ch- you choose a, a clan and a vampire from that clan, and at like the thing the big thing that changes is at, uh, through the course of play you choose people to embrace. Mm. and they be they are in the next game they're vampires like you can't unembrace people right so the the people who you choose to embrace are going to be vampires and they're going to be of the clan that that you are you may not control them the next game mm. uh they you know allegiances may shift but basically as you go through the games you're you start at the dark ages and you go to modern nights yeah and you basically build your your bloodline out. Oh, okay. So, so the the thing you're focusing on is not necessarily a place or a specific person. It's 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 your it's your family. It's your it's heritage. Your family, it's yeah. Literally, what they call heritage. It's your heritage. Yeah, you, you're you're a Methuselah. 
and you are puppeteering. It's 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 similar to the concept of Vampire the Eternal Struggle. Yes. In that you are a Methuselah and you are puppeteering your your bloodline down the down the ages. Uh, but this is a much more like visceral. Another game that is, I don't think it's legacy, but it is very much um in the concept of a of a board game that's a role-playing game is Vampire Chapters. Which yeah. hasn't come out yet, and that is quite literally a, a GMless role-playing game. Uh, it is um, very similar to Vampire Mechanics uh, for V five, mm. uh, and it is a it is a role-playing campaign that is set up like a board game. Interesting. We definitely need to look and play that. Uh, we need to do that. Would be very intriguing to that me. That would be very intriguing. I, I that's one of the ones I didn't back just because it it didn't necessarily. I don't know what it was about it, but it, it looks just, interesting. Uh, I I backed a bunch of uh of vampire <laughs> port games when they came out. <laughs> uh, that's one of the ones that I didn't, but it is absolutely it's a role playing game in a box. Yeah, which is really cool. I I I like this idea because there's sort of this because of the board game revolution in the early aughts and mm -hmm. now with the rise of role-playing games all this technology that each other has had is starting to merge mm -hmm. in order to create these er weird er mixture games that take everything you like of that then synthesize it down because I love D and D, absolutely adore D and D. But part of me is like, can we just get something like Curse City? Where yeah. we are just going to go do the fighting, get the loot, get the treasure. We don't have to do the super, yes, I know I should role play my character and be a certain character. But ultimately, when it comes down to the end of the day, we're here to kill monsters tactically, get cool loot prizes, and save the day. Well, there there is, there is a, a, a pretty old game at this point that's very much like that. It's called Descent. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Descent, is, uh, Hero's Quest. Hero's Quest. Yeah, Quest, it like is. One of the older ones. That is another one of those role-playing game in the box. It's it's very much a hack and slash dungeon crawling thing, but you know it, it has you know tiles that you rearrange to create specific dungeons. It has monster minis and player minis, and it's a very much a tactical dungeon crawling role-playing game. Yes, uh, but it is GMless. Well, it's actually not GMless. One player does play the uh, in legacy mode. Because it has it has a legacy mode and has a just a uh, 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 sit and play mode. Yep, and that is not GMless. One player does does the overlord is the bad overlord. guy. Yeah. He, he handles the bad guys in mm -hmm. order to to do that. That and actually, in, so that does have a legacy mode because I'm trying to differentiate. Well, it has a campaign the, mode. It doesn't okay. have a legacy mode. It has a campaign mode. Uh, the interesting thing about that is like getting the distinction between a campaign mode or something yeah. that looks like a legacy mode but isn't a legacy mode. Yeah, I think I think chapters is better better described as a campaign mode. Right. And I think it's definitely going to have expansions uh, for like new clans and different yeah. stories and and like that. That from what I can tell, chapters is like the base game exists to be expanded upon so that you can play different chronicles and different things. That is based out of it is Montreal, mm, neat. Uh, which would be interesting given you know Blood Covenant, but it is a, it is a Montreal which the Sabbat have been cleared from. Ah, I see. They got kicked, the the second Inquisition kicked their ass. That makes a lot of sense. Which, uh, if you're listening to Blood Covenant, there's a little hint about that. Yeah, coming up. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, so that there's that. That's interesting. Um, I really like, I think the next, I don't know if anyone's done it yet, but I think the next evolution of that, and I think it's definitely been spurred on by the Backstreet Boys reunion tour, mm. is take a legacy game and make it digital. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I don't I haven't I I'm sure that there's at least one out there by this point. But I wouldn't be surprised if we'll see something like that happen more often. I'm actually trying to look I'm trying to I'm actually literally looking it up right now. I know Gloomhaven's on the, on the road to getting a digital release. That's cool. I'll probably I would likely play that when it when it becomes digital. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot of digital board games. Yes, uh, but a a legacy uh, digital game, sort a of a legacy you, digital board game. So you can sit there, pause it, be like, okay, we're done. We you get your friends together, they all sign mm-hmm. in, do the game, or you can do it all by yourself if you feel like yeah. playing by yourself. But yeah, I, I definitely would. I'd be dulled down with more of that because now, hmm. I guess restarting the game and doing things differently is a lot easier. <laughs> yeah, definitely. You don't have to purchase a reset pack. Like I yeah. purchased specifically two reset packs with uh, Heritage. Oh, so we can uh, play it multiple times. Yeah, so you can play it multiple times because I, I envision myself wanting to play that a couple of times because I just love the idea behind it. But we, we will see when we actually play the game. I, I didn't realize this, and I may just have to spring a whole bunch of money for it if I feel frisky. I forgot that Darkest Dungeon has a legacy going. oh yeah that's right that's pretty recent yeah it's very recent it's by mythic games i forgot about it it's one of those things that i kind of i need to look into it yeah look into it i'm i might be able to stomach that <laughs> yeah because darkest dungeon is uh, aesthetically mm-hmm. an amazing game oh yeah i but it's so brutal <laughs> i could not do it i i was it's... like when i realized that the type of the the amount of like grindy attention to detail unforgivingness that that game is i was like oh i have no patience for this there now i think you played it i don't know if you played it there is a there is a like a brilliant mode which is the easy mode of the game i'm pretty sure i did that yeah like it's still rough because if you're not paying attention to what you're doing and making decisions correctly it's going to start racking up very quickly your ability to play that game well, when I think it was like I barely got out of the first dungeon. <laughs> yeah, there's but a like, lot of. If this is how hard it is, right now, fuck this game. Well, part of it is you had no pre knowledge of like the interactions of the game, mm-hmm. so you have you have this learning curve, right? Yeah, and obviously Hold that's good. Gonna... And and I had no patience to learn to, <laughs> yeah, to exactly. endure that learning curve. I was like, you know what? There are games that don't make me feel horrible about sending these these you know people into the mall yeah but just the aesthetic and the, oh, the aesthetic the, is beautiful i uh, love the, it yeah the chthonic the chthonic nature of the story and the dark cursed like the dark cursed nature of the story is great there's some great expansions for it um but yeah that's another good example sort of of a legacy style game which is there's a story now sure you may be on the rails of like where you're going to end up you don't know what exactly will happen along mm. the way you don't know what state you will be in by the time you get to the end and i mean i love that i love that a notion of a game that has a story to it and you know it's, it's something that could be spoiled but it is still a, it's, it's a more contained experience yes um which if the gameplay is fun and the you know story is clever 
that's a hell of a good time. Yes, it is. And I mean, I think I, I think that's extremely clever because again, sometimes people get stuck in the forever GM role mm. or they just don't have people they can that want to GM because GMing that's a lot. That's a specific set of skills. It takes a lot of energy, a lot of time. It's complicated sometimes, and there's a lot of effort that goes into it. And sometimes you just don't, you just want to hang out with your friends and have a good time. And generally, and previously, it's just been board games, but with legacy board games, you fill some of that niche and mm -hmm. an itch of yeah, legacy what? board games and campaign games. Yes. Uh, like you can, you can, like you said, exactly. It scratches that itch. It yep. fills, you know, if, if role-playing is your thing and you really enjoy it, these types of games can give it to you. It's basically methadone. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> basically because methadone. Because what, what, what you want, what a, what a role-playing when you come down to is you want to be able to make decisions and those decisions net you consequences, be good or bad. And that creates, in the hindsight, the story of the game. Because you get to tell people what happened or didn't happen mm -hmm. in your game, and this way is a is a leg in the legacy board game where a lot of people can be involved, and it's very structured. No one you can't argue with the piece of paper when it tells you this thing happened. <laughs> yep, that is, and and well, and also no one no one is uh, responsible. <laughs> Right. That's what I'm saying is you right. can't argue with with somebody's with decision because a piece of paper told you your dude's dead. I'm yeah, sorry. That's just what it's happens. You, it's you against the game. It's yep. you and your buddies against the game, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, which is very funny. <laughs> no, it's it's great. It's a great fun. Um, and I and I applaud uh, Scott for bringing up this topic to my my attention of like, oh yeah, you're right. It does like be able. You're able to do a lot that you would normally do in a role playing game. In that, I actually want to do this King's Dilemma because that sounds very interesting. It's very fun. Um, uh, and like I said, the version that we played cannot be played again. Yeah. Um, but but uh, yeah, no, it's very fun. It it I'd I'd be interested in replaying it. Uh, because um, it was good, and some really fucking wacky shit happened in that game. Try to remember some of the digital ones I was talking about earlier. God, what were the names of those things? Uh, do do do. There's a couple. Yeah, but it. I will if I find it. I will put a link in the show notes for everyone of some of the games I'm talking about because some of there there are some very basic you just play a set story but depending on what you decide sets up how the game will end. Indeed. Indeed. Um what else should we say about legacy games there big man besides we just want to play all of them now. Uh I don't know. I think I think it's really cool. Um oh there we go. Yeah, I know that. One. Sorry. <laughs> uh they're really cool and they scratch the itch and mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to playing all the ones that I've bought and cannot play uh, <laughs> during the fucking pandemic. I think that's also a reason why we're talking about legacy board games because we want to be with other people. The time and, has come. Yeah. The time has come and we can, we can be in an enclosed space with other people without the risk of going, is someone a carrier? Uh, <laughs> someone have the plague. Yeah, exactly. Bring out your dead and all that stuff. But anyways, I think that's us. Uh, check some out. I'll have a link in the show notes about Legacy Games. Uh, and let us know what you think about Legacy Games in general. Just give us an email or pop us off on Twitter. So from everyone here at Polyhedron, go where your friend is. Go roll some dice. 
Hello, everyone. Matthew here. If you enjoyed the show, you can always contact us at polyhedronpodcast at gmail.com, as well as at polyhedroncast on Twitter. And if you want to get in touch with me, I'm at Divis Melkive on Twitter. And I'm at Arduous, R-J-U-O-U-S on Twitter. And if you really want to show your support and get some extra content on the side, head on over to patreon.com slash polyhedron.